We welcome into the program the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association, Coach Todd Berry. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate your time today. Uh, we got a lot we want to talk to you about, but we're going to start with the <laughs> with the playoff and, and, and dive in. And, uh, you know, several years ago, we were all screaming for a playoff. Now we're screaming for a bigger playoff. Uh, where does the American Football Coaches Association stand on this? And B, where do you personally stand on the, uh, the, the playoff system? Yeah, I, I think most of our coaches are excited about this. I think they're uh, – I think – the way um, the, the amount of attention that they gave all of the different things that were needed in this, it was, it was pretty significant. This is a complex question. There certainly needed to be more access. And uh, I think even the even those that maybe have a team in the playoffs every year were getting a little tired of who was all in the playoffs. There, there needed to be more access, and I think they allowed for that. I, I think our coaches were excited about the idea of of being able to play late in the season with the idea that I can play for a bye week. I think that gives value to making sure that you close out well. But I also would suggest that, you know, those seedings and having a home game, uh, that, that makes a big difference too. And so, you know, I saw an article today that I thought was really interesting. It went back here over the last five years, but basically there would, we would have had – uh, based off the scenario that's, that's put before us right now, if this passes, is we would have had 39 different teams that would have made the playoffs over the last five years. And, and I, I thought that was uh, that's intriguing. Um, I was also a head coach at the FCS level and had a team, actually two teams that got into the playoffs. One made a deep run. And, and the idea, I think, of uh, maybe the season getting long, we certainly want to be cognizant of it. But it was a great experience, and I think every one of my players would have said the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three have a playoff. FBS is the only one that hasn't, and uh, so I, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I think our coaches, for the most part, are excited, and I, and I actually feel like that they did a very good job in putting this together. Coach, we were we were looking. Uh, it, you mentioned an opportunity for other teams to participate, and there was an article today that said that uh, four teams, which were Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, seventy-one uh, percent of the playoff spots were taken up by those four teams. So, to me, this at least gives everybody going into the season a an opportunity to play for a spot into it. It's it's it almost seems like sometimes you're, you th those top teams are playing their way out of it instead of teams playing their way into it. Yeah, I would agree that I think that has been kind of the the mindset um and those teams were deserving. I'm not suggesting that they weren't. I I think those were those were all great football teams and we might end up with something similar. But college football really hasn't had a Cinderella. Sometimes we'll have one in the middle of the season. But the reality of it is we know that she's never going to the ball because there's no chance that they're ever going to get in the playoffs. This format actually allows for that to happen. And I, I think it's wonderful uh, for all these kids that are working so hard. You have 130 FBS schools, and as you suggested, maybe only four have been in consideration in the past. And this opens the door, and especially with the setup, to allow for everyone to, to kind of feel like at the very start of the season, hey, you know, we we do the right thing and we work hard and we, we've got a chance. And I, and I think it's going to be exciting for the players, certainly for the coaches. I think the fans are going to benefit from this. Uh, and, again, I, I was a part of the playoff and, and can attest that I didn't – I don't think my players would have ever suggested at any point in time, well, this is getting old, this is too long a season. They, they were loving every playoff opportunity that they had.
We're talking with Todd Berry, the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association. Coach, the conversations uh, have been from 6 to 16. They, I think they've kind of settled on 12. For you, is that the number? Would you like to see 16? I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of 16. The more, the merrier for me. But I just from, from where you stand, I mean, will we ever get to that number in your opinion? Well, um, yeah, obviously we could. Uh, I, I really do like the 12. I like the idea of those teams late in the season feeling like they need to play well uh, all throughout that time frame in order to get a bye. I think that's I think that's significant. I think it, those, that gives those teams a little bit of an advantage. Not significant, but some. And, the you know, uh, when I was in the FCS playoffs, again, I know I'll continue to go back to that. It was a 16-team bracket at that point in time. And regardless whether you were 1 or 16, you were going to play that next week. And, and um, you know, you, it didn't really give you, I think, a lot of advantages other than your seating in terms of maybe playing number 16. But sometimes that is not as big a difference as, as what you might think. And I, I think this actually – I think this plays out well. I've, I've been a part of some of the discussions that kind of led up to this, and, and I like all the incentives that are out there for these teams. Coach, uh, one of the things that really caught my attention, and really a lot of people when looking at this, is Notre Dame will not have the opportunity for that buy. Do you think that this is enough leverage or, that could force them to finally get into a conference? Notre Dame's got a very, very unique situation. I, I, I certainly understand why they want to protect that. Uh, in the same sense, too, obviously this would create an incentive. Uh, but now, again, they, uh, you know, this would be the first time that, that uh, obviously, as you suggested, they're not, they don't have a championship game. And so while other teams have played an extra game, Notre Dame has never had to do that. This is just going to basically put them, as Jack Swarbuck said, you know, in the same um, in, in the same boat as everyone else is in terms of how many games they've played throughout the season. And so I, I don't know that it would be a huge incentive. Uh, they've they've uh, obviously got a wonderful history and tradition and, and have been able to stay independent. Uh, this might be an incentive to try to move into a conference. One of the other topics, you know, out right now in college football, college athletics in general are the trials going on regarding the NIL. And one of the things that caught my attention was the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, and his comments on how some of these richer schools should be in charge of providing the funds for these former players' health care and uh, some of their uh, education for the poorer schools. What are your, cause To me, I think that's something that if they're going to do that, that should fall on the shoulders of the NCAA. Well, I don't think the NCAA takes any football money in. Now, if, if it was the basketball part of it, then they might suggest yes, because they, they make money off the basketball tournament, but the NCAA doesn't make any money off of football. And so consequently, it would be difficult for them to, to dole out money that, that, was, that was coming basically from the whole membership. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I would be concerned about that because I think what would end up happening is I think those programs – uh, that have reached that uh, very, very high level would then just pull away from the rest of those uh, the rest of those teams that couldn't. And so, for instance, I was head coach at ULM. Certainly we were n- number 130 out of 130 in terms of budget, right? We were the last one. We, we would have never been able to afford to be able to have done something like that. And I think if, if, if forced, I, I think that those top 60, 70 teams in the country – would then just pull away and say, okay, we're just forming a new level. 
And, and so I would be a little bit concerned about that because I think uh, for many they would not want to pay for ULM basically not wanting to to sponsor football at a high, as high a level and put the money and resources in uh, that some of the other schools do. What are some of the other things that we should kind of be looking out for? I know Mark Few, the the head coach of Gonzaga basketball team, had some concerns about uh, you know recruiting advantages for these states that are you know already in the process of doing this. But what are some of the other key things that people should be aware of? Well, I think the biggest one, and we could go on for this for the next hour, but you know our, our coaches have the biggest concern about the one time transfer, and we recognize this. And again, we were all student athletes, and so uh, it's not that we don't understand. But next year, the one-time transfer in conjunction with the NIL, I think for many of our coaches, they believe that the majority of their teams after spring practice will basically go into the portal with the idea of trying to negotiate a better financial deal for themselves at the place that they're at or at a different place. And if that's the case, then uh, you know at the FBS level, you can only sign 25 players. Generally, that happens in December and February. But again, if you feel like you're going to lose a good portion of your team, after spring practice or you're concerned about that, especially a a positional group, let's say the offensive line, I lose eight offensive linemen to the portal. I can't even replace those guys. And so it's going to be hard for me to practice. What that will lead to obviously is the fact that everybody will then decide just to recruit the portal and our high school players won't get recruited. And, and so I think what we're seeing, and this is what we've warned everyone about is that, you know, the players are going to move for money. They're not going to move because of academics. They're not going to, they're going to move for the opportunity to get a better deal. And we can go back to the seventies. We don't need a crystal ball. This is not a hypothetical. We've already been down this road before. And, and that led to some dramatic changes in the eighties in terms of college football. And I think most of us would agree into a better place, but I, I think that again, our, concerns is that we're going to have a summer free agency next year and that these high school players that would normally be recruited and be very excited about going to institutions uh those are young people are going to be moved on was you'd still recruit them but you set them up in an fcs program as a farm club you, you, you know you recruit them and then you put them in an fcs program let them develop them with the idea that at some point in time you're going to need them uh, i think the sad part about this is uh, for the players in particular, is that idea of developing a team and developing a culture and playing with teammates and all that. I think that's kind of go out the window just like it did in the 70s. And I, I think that's a sad state because many of the experiences that our players really fully appreciate, especially later on in their life, is, is their teammates that they went through college with. And I think that's sad. But I think that's the reality is we're going to see a good portion of, of – the recruiting next year be in the transfer portal, and we're going to see teams jostling players all throughout the summer, trying to figure out you know what they have and trying to sign players and so on. I unfortunately I think it's going to be all be driven by money, and I I just think that uh, college is supposed to be about more than just making money at this point in time. It's supposed to be about trying to better yourself for the rest of your life, rather than just trying to better yourself financially for a year. Coach, and this may not—I may not word this correctly—but forgive me if I don't. But with all of that said, how do you protect college football and the integrity of college football? Oh, I don't think that you can—not in the current environment. I, I, I just being very candid. I, I, I think the the moment that the courts and the, the state and federal legislatures got involved in this and they took it out of all of the practitioners' hands in relation to trying to work out a, a, a situation. Like I said, nobody loves their players more than the coaches do. 
uh, you know, we want what's best for them. But sometimes that doesn't mean that you should have, be able to, you know, to have everything at this moment in your life. And that, that idea that, uh, again, that this, that NIL, the name, image, and likeness piece is only going to go to certain athletes. That is so naive because if that was the case, then we wouldn't have 85 scholarship athletes on an FBS program. I mean, the reason why we have that is because someone decided, hey, let's go get good players. We'll get them with athletic scholarships. Used to athletic scholarships were only awarded to those guys that were the starters on the team. And, you know, there was a competition there before those spots. And obviously that went away, and NIL will be the exact same thing. And, and so, I, I, you, you know, the NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. They can't enforce any of these rules, and I doubt very seriously that that the federal government can enforce any of these also. And so I, I think we're just uh, in, in for a time period of just uh, complete chaos, and, and um, unfortunately. Uh, but, I, you know, just like always, just like happened in the 70s when we were in this exact same boat, we, we will come back around our senses and say these, you know, these kids are professionals. These are supposed to be college students, and we should treat them such as college students rather than professional athletes. Coach, thank you. Uh, very enlightening, and uh, it, it, we are uh, we are in uh, the crosshairs, I guess, uh, in in what's going on in football. And we do appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Anytime you guys have a great weekend. You do the same. That's uh, Coach Todd Berry, the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association.